Dan, did you know that some people call me the space cowboy? <laughs> and uh, some call me the gangster of love. Which one do you prefer? But then again, some people call me Maurice. <laughs> Any other nicknames? I can't tell you the ones my wife calls me. <laughs> They're all four-letter words. <laughs> Do you ever listen to new music? Is it always just... Dude, Steve Miller Band's so good. It's... They have so many songs that you just don't even know that you know. Yeah, yeah. It's true. No, I don't listen to new music. Do you listen to Bob Seger ever? I do a lot. I, I listen like to Bob Seger. I like Seger. Bob Seger a lot. Against the Wind? Are you kidding me? It's good fishing music, too. It's just good music. Yeah. Uh, some, especially, you just roll the windows down, you feel like you're, you feel like you're there back in the time. Yeah. Thing. It also makes me feel younger, too. Does it? Yeah. Which is... Uh, I appreciate that these days. Is that what you appreciate, Stan? <laughs> <laughs> this is while I talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. Early August. No, middle of August. Middle of August. Time's what? just flying by. You know what we haven't done? We haven't, we haven't explained the podcast in a long time. We should probably try to do That's that. true, yeah. What, um, is, what is the podcast? Well, we're, we're both northern Minnesota fishing guides. We're in north central Minnesota near Leech Lake. And uh, we get together once a week and try to provide... Um, some insight into walleye fishing in our region and just sort of overall walleye fishing and then maybe a little bit of humor mixed in on, on your end. So where does, where does Carl getting bashed come into play here? Well, I feel like that was more therapeutic for you and I, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he'd been bashing on us, but oh, yeah. uh, we, wanna, I, we, have not, we have had an outpouring of support after mm-hmm. the Carl bashing. It, I tell you what, that, that, that's been great. That's been really great. Yeah, yeah, probably the highlight of my week, really. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah, so we do every episode, usually we'll do a week in review, what we saw and did this week working, um, answer some listener questions whenever we've got them. We've got a couple this week, which is nice. Um, have just one or two random topics, either about our fishing life or just walleye fishing in general. And then a week in preview, what we're going to do the, right. the coming week. Well, you just did the whole, you just did the whole thing. That's right? our lineup, right? Yeah, you just nailed it. Yep. And you read it upside down. <laughs> That's maybe the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And then a Sawguy series we haven't discussed. Oh, yeah. we got to do a Sawguy series. Yeah. We do have some great uh, businesses that back us up, too. And I'd like to highlight one right now, Portadoc. Mm, made, made in Minnesota. Some of the finest docks around. For some reason, fish hang out under Porta Docks at a hot, much higher level than any it's, other dock. The density is unbelievable. Yeah, I think they just know that their structure is sound. You know, like right. this is a this is a high quality product that I'm living under right when now. When I'm hot, I go under there for shade. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, and you know what? The funny thing when the mayflies are out, you won't see a mayfly. On not the on Porta Dock. I don't know what sort of gypsy magic they're working to make sure the, the, the they're not on there, but sometimes we just can't ask the hard questions. Right. I yeah. Maybe we don't want to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Never see a bird on it. Yeah. It's wild. Um, this week, as we sort of said, we'll do a week in review. We've got uh, the longest pattern, uh, just kind of covering the summertime. Right. Um, We've got, as Dan said earlier, a couple of listener questions. And uh, we're looking at a tournament about a month away, a month away from today maybe. Um, 
up on Cast Lake, so we'll talk about what we do a month out from the tournament. Um, I think that's the thing you and I are like most excited about. So most of our conversations right now are about a tournament that's a month away. Right. We'll try and figure out a Sagai series. Yep. And then we'll do a, a preview, and then we'll let you guys get back to your life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear from Portadoc real quick. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-Doc.com. Porta-Doc.com. Find your local Porta-Doc dealer today. Porta-Doc.com. Wilbur, how was your week? You know, I had, you know, it's nice to get back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I fished, I think, three times this week. Had a little bit of tougher, we, we had a chance to guide together a couple times Yeah, this that week. was nice. We haven't done that in a long time. A um, little bit tougher for me on the walleye front, but, uh, you know, what helped is, you know, where we're finding walleyes, there's a bunch of smallmouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's real fun to see a, a big brown fish come throttling out of the water. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, one of the coolest, that's one of the best parts about this this job this time of year. Yeah. It's something that, you know, you and I don't spend a ton of time fishing for them. Right. In fact, we never fish for them. Right. So to catch them accidentally, I, I mean, I get why people do it. It's it's an absolute treat to get one of them things hooked. For sure. Uh, my buddy Matt, I fished with him and Scott uh, earlier this week, and Matt brought up that they're for sure the best, like, bonus fish you can run into. Oh, yeah. And, you know, pike can be fun, but most of the time a pike, the pike you're catching are not super fun. You know, right. you need a pike to be 30 inches long or, you know, high 20s at least to be like, ah, oh, that, that was kind of fun. Right. Whereas, like, a 16-inch smallmouth is pretty fun to catch. Oh, yeah, count me and in. And then a 20-incher is a lot of fun. Let's saddle up Sally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I fished. I didn't want to fish panfish. I ended up fishing panfish one day this week, and that was a that was really fun. I ended up catching a fifteen and three quarter, super nice fish. Um, and then we musky fished yesterday, and I thought we were gonna get it yeah. done. Yep, I did. I did too. Oh, the weather was perfect, and it just didn't come together. Yep. So, all in all, I mean, we had a little bit tougher weather, um, but overall, satisfied with fishing. Sure. How about you, Dan? Uh, generally the same feelings. Uh, I did get my butt kicked on the west side of Leech a couple of days ago. It happened to me that I don't go over there enough. You know, I think that's part of it. But I was on, I, I just don't, those critters uh, get me more often than, than I get them. Do you think that the, the part of the reasons they get so much more pressure than what we're used to? Yeah. I think that's certainly a part of it because, and I was up out there bright and early to try to combat that. You know, I knew I'd have uh, one or two good schools uh, to myself if I was out, out early. And that was certainly true. We had keeper in the boat about three minutes into the trip and then we're over a, a bunch of them. And I do know just from talking to some of the West side guys that they, I think what they focus on is the little details that can get those pe- pressured fish to bite. In, like smaller leaders or like like well, using four pound instead of eight pound? Yeah, I think stuff like that. I don't really know what it is. Uh, one of the guides last year told me, you know, you can bobber fish them um, and they'll be real particular about the color of 32nd ounce jig that they want on a particular day. And so like those types of things. I, and in a guide trip, I just didn't feel like I had enough time to, to go through that. You know, we covered right. them with bobbers, we covered them with rigs, we covered them with crawlers, leeches, and minnows and threw a jig wrap at them, 
And then it was just like, I gotta, gotta try to find some different ones. Yeah. Um, so that one, that one kind of stung. The rest of the week was pretty, I feel like I can deliver like a real consistent product every day where if we do a multi-species trip, pretty great pan fishing. Oh yeah. And then just go catch a couple walleyes. Yep. And it, it pretty consistently just a couple. And uh, even if I get on them real quick, uh, just a couple nights ago, um, as soon as we switched to walleye fishing, we had a double right away. And I thought, okay, maybe this is, maybe we're turning the corner a little bit. And we ended up with three fish for the, the hour and a half that we, we fished them. So it just seems like my numbers are consistent, you know. Right. End of the day, dozen to 15 crappies and Does two it seem to like you're over walleyes. a bunch of fish too? Like when you're walleye fishing, you're over a bunch of them and they just are reluctant to eat? Yeah, I would say so. The The thing that I never, you can never really know right now is that they are overlapped with smallmouth a lot and the smallmouth don't always eat either, yeah. you know? So you could be just sitting over a school of smallies and I'm not good enough to know for sure that I'm on smallmouth or walleyes. The, the couple nights ago, I think they were probably walleyes. Maybe Andy Jorgensen can help me because when I'm on... I think when I'm on smallmouth that aren't biting, they're still up off the bottom. I, I had this exact same problem, and the one fish I did catch was the smallmouth right. at school. Right, and then like this situation I'm describing, the fish were belly on the bottom, probably just negative walleyes, you know. Maybe maybe somebody can answer that for me. If, if smallmouth, when they're in their negative or neutral mode, I think they are probably up a little bit, whereas a walleye feels when they're in that mood, they're Their tight. belly's on the bottom. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm like looking forward to something else happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had a pretty interesting thing happen when you were fishing with Matt, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yep. So uh, big creek chubs have been a bait of choice for uh, quite a few of my trips. Uh, that one was two friends of mine who, it was a guide trip, but guys I knew were were less concerned about uh, a fish fry actually they didn't want to keep any fish even if we did get into a bunch of keeper walleyes so it was like what would be the most fun thing to do <laughs> and uh, in my opinion it was to drag creekies around for sure so um caught a couple fish right away good little mix and it was right after that like four inches of rain we got on yeah. friday so i was really thinking that we were not gonna have great luck and uh matt got a bite <laughs> he's, he's dropping line and uh, like everybody knew he was you know he had one going so <laughs> we're watching him and like 15 yards from the boat a huge smallmouth comes boiling out of the water <laughs> Matt, Matt says like well I guess I should probably set the hook now <laughs> in Matt fashion yeah <laughs> um so so to think what had to have happened down there, we were in 17 feet, Smalley picks up that creaky just by pulling line or something, sticks itself, I imagine. Like, that's what caused it no to come. No way. Yeah. No way. They don't come to the surface to... Dude, it was all in celebration. <laughs> he was like, check this out. It's big middle season. Job. <laughs> and he comes up right up to the surface to show you guys. And then you're like, oh, we should... You didn't even appreciate it. <laughs> He was just trying to show you, hey, I got it, like a dog bringing you a bone. <laughs> like, hey, check this out, guys. Thanks for the gift. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the most peculiar thing that's happened this week, I guess. Yeah. 
it's been, I think mo- mo- most of my keepers are coming on crawlers, and then most of the picture fish are coming on creek chubs. Picture fish both being smallmouth and walleyes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I can't believe how big our smallmouth are around here. Dude, it's amazing they can, I mean, they're, they're huge fish, but like the big creekies, it's like, how did you, how did you get that in there? Oh, yeah. But. Maybe it's just like a battle, you know. Six-inch creek chub versus 20-inch smallmouth. Creek chub is got a ferocious attitude. It's like biting the gills on the inside of the smallmouth. Yeah, like I'm not going down without a fight. I'll just eat my way out the gill here. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if creek chubs got the size of smallmouth? Oh, God. Wouldn't that be the perfect creature? Yes. I'd have them as pets. I'd have them as guard dogs. Hopefully the robbers come through the pool again. <laughs> I'll just keep my jewels at the bottom. <laughs> it's like a wishing well, but you have like wads of cash and all your pre- all your valuables at the bottom of, of the pool. Plastic bags, yeah. <laughs> all right, Creek Chubs, you keep these things safe. I'll feed you a deer later. <laughs> um, so we talked about. Like the longest pattern is the the is the t- midsummer pattern, yeah. yeah. And maybe that's wearing on you and I a little bit right now. That, um, and and I should just say that maybe this isn't true for everybody, and maybe once we get over the this hurdle, we'll feel different about it. But it feels like the fish are doing relatively the same thing and are in relatively the same mood from about the Fourth of July until like we're still at it right. and, and at this point we're getting really close to you know if history proves to be true we're really close to a change a really good bite where they do something different yeah yeah we're not driving around the same types of structures yeah um you know it still seems like we have relatively smaller schools we don't have the big schools that were that we find in the fall yeah for sure. Um, and they're not spread out over a ton of area. Um, we're still finding them on s- smaller structures. Mm-hmm. You know, you find four in a pod and then two in a pod and three in a pod on a good spot. Right. And then, you know, you, you drag over them with the same stuff we're going to be doing three weeks from now, but we'll have a lot different results, I think. Yeah. Yep. And I do think we've talked about it in the past how... Uh, in the fall, you start to expand how much territory you're covering when your lines are in the water. Yeah. Whereas now you're like hitting a little corner that's yeah. the size of your living room and doing that for a while, and then Back going. And forth. Yep, and then Back. going and doing it again on another little corner or inside turn or rock pile, and then a couple weeks from now it'll be like okay, it looks like we've got 150 yards of of good of, water, good water to to fish. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Every but every day I do think like it might be tonight. Tonight right. might be the night uh, to to find a bunch of them. Absolutely. And then you and I, uh, the panfish thing is is great for customers. People are really happy. They get a good bag of fish at the end of the day. Um, but I'm ready to to not do I'm that. Done try. Yeah, it, it's it's just cruise control mm-hmm. is what it is from a from a guide standpoint. Yeah. It's a real, it's a relatively easy pattern that you can copy and paste almost anywhere, mm-hmm. and it, and still be successful. Yep. Um, which is 
while I don't want to harp on it too much, because if you haven't fished with Will and I and done this, like it is for sure fun. It's just that you and I have now done it how many hundreds of times over the last four years. So, and it's definitely valuable for people if they want to do, you know, if they want to fish on their own, they can for sure take it to whichever lake they're on and do something similar. Especially if you've got kids. Mm -hmm. This is the easiest, most, you know, this is one of the easiest techniques to get kids in the water and get them fish and get yourself a fish fry. Yeah. And you still catch walleyes doing it. Yeah, right. Um, but for you and I, I think it's we're not quite as like engaged in it. And we were just talking about like a big problem, not a problem, but a, a difference this year is you and I had plans of fishing Leech Lake tournament, mm-hmm. tournament on Lake Winnebagash. I had a Lake of the Woods tournament and then a cast lake. So that was like a tournament per month of the season. Plus a bonanza. Plus, plus the bonanzas on either end. Are we going to do a fall one? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. So we're talking about six Got, or tournament six competitions right that sort of offer a little variety to our work life right where you get real competitive and get to fish on your own or fish with the and fish hard yeah the way you want to and the, and like leech lake tournament got busted by covid winnie tournament got busted because of baby because of baby lake the woods tournament got busted kind of because of covid for me hopefully the cast lake one is i think we're pretty well locked on doing that yeah the nice thing is, is you can always come home at the end of the day. You right. know, we're not, it's not like you're driving three hours. Yeah. So. And it's nice to have those like peaks of competitive and then back to the, the guide life. Whew. Peaks of competition, back to the guide life. Yeah. And right now we're just on the guide life. And that's what it's been since the beginning, which I'm very happy to be able to do it in the first place. Oh, for sure. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful season so far. But what I wonder about, like when I said the longest pattern, is the there's probably some guys who figure out different patterns during this period of time, and then they're not dealing with twos and threes. They are dealing with good numbers of walleyes doing different Something things. Something different. Yep. We look at a couple of those West Side guides. They've got a 300, 300 yard section, a section that they're crushing, mm-hmm. and they're they're catching a bunch of walleyes and you know panfish all in the same area right now maybe one of these years we'll find ourselves a little 300 yard section and we'll and we'll be able to do something similar to that yeah but um for right now we're gonna stick with what we've got and it's been good you know right i I haven't had a upset customer yet oh no man it's yeah it's fishing's overall pretty good i think people are are happy in the longville area um I was just talking with a customer of mine who did a lake consultation. He's booked me a couple times, Luke Adelman, who fishes uh, Woman Lake. And I felt like I had just gotten the hint of something maybe different and maybe pretty good out there, pulling spinners in a part of the lake that I don't spend a lot of time in. Uh, But then it burnt me a couple times, and I think it was largely just the, the section I was fishing. They just weren't super cooperative. But I was like, you should go in there, dude. Go in there and try to try to like expand or build on what what i've told you because i think there's maybe more to it um so hopefully he's going to do that that'd be great send out like a little scout (laughs) report back (laughs) i feel like that's a pretty fair deal for him too right like i got you just told him there's a whole giant school fish right and then hopefully he can help figure out how to find fish out there in the fall the area i'm talking about yeah haven't i don't spend this is the first year i've been in there in three years probably and I only had one waypoint in there to start with 
And then, uh, like, I got Mark Pordex said he had seen some fish he thought were walleyes down there. They were pretty close to my original waypoint. Um, and then, like, built off of that, like, oh, they're not just here. They're spread out on the bottom transition. And every time I've been in there looking, there's fish in there. And they're in pretty much every area on the bottom transition in that region of the lake. So might be something. Just just might be. Might be. And, like, that Because it's real one, similar to another one of your fall spots where they sit in the mud. Yeah, yes. It's very similar to that. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. And that, like, one bite gets me. Like, I would, right now, if I went fishing, that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to go right there and work on that one thing. Yeah. Even if it were a bust. Like, that's engaging for my, for my working brain. Like, that I want to be doing something new, looking at new stuff. Yeah. They'll be sliding deep out there pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. I think, yeah, maybe tonight. It could be tonight. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on a coffee. <laughs> this week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you in part by Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. The first rainbow traps just went in the water, which means fall is coming. And when they enter the store, you'll have a great lineup of minnows for live bait rigging or jigging. We're talking creek chubs, red tails, and rainbows. Oh, man, that sounds about perfect for fall fishing. Make sure you stop in at Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. And we're back. We got listener questions. You want to hear them? I'd love to hear them. First one comes from Jason Kaup, I think. K-A-U-P. Kaup? Kaup? Coop. Coop. I don't know. Coop. Uh, he's from Georgia. He's from Tacoa, Georgia. And he's, sounds like a wonderful place. He's getting a shirt from us. Nice. I'm sending him a shirt. I'll send how you all you, of How did you find us all the way down in Georgia? I think people Google walleye fishing podcast we're on like the opposite end of the country they it's the interwebs man it's the beauty of the interwebs um he said just want to say thank you for the work you and will do and upload the podcast or to upload the podcast episodes um something i look forward to listening in the car while i'm out in the shop or in the evenings uh he's got a couple listener questions since he lives in georgia he says his boat market is almost exclusively bass boats, but he wants a walleye. Gross. He is wondering if he were to buy a warrior tiller from the Muskie House, would you and I deliver it to Georgia in February or March and stay a few days to fish walleyes? The answer is... Absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. Yes. It sounds like the best thing for all, of, all parties involved. Right. Um, Jason, I don't know if you are interested in a 2020... 2090, but my boat will be for sale at the end of the season. So yours comes fully rigged too, right? Fully rigged, and if in this situation, the guy I'd drive down there and uh, show you how to run the thing. Unbelievable! What all the buttons do. So, but the Muskie House for sure will be their delivery voice. Oh yeah, I do I, have I do have some stipulations if we go down there. What are the stipulations? Uh, if we're going all the way down to Georgia, I demand peaches for breakfast. <laughs> I, I demand that. Are they in season? They're probably, they're always Doesn't in season. Matter. Yeah, it's Georgia, obviously. Um, and for dessert, if there's not a peach pie, <laughs> I'm going to freak out. <laughs> those, are, those are our demands, Jason. Yep. <laughs> That's the only, clearly I don't know anything about Georgia if I'm just talking about peaches. <laughs> I think that would, we would extend this to any listener who wants to buy a boat from the Muskie House. Yeah. 
I think we could pretty well guarantee that Will and I will arrange a delivery for you. If we'll you make it. it. We'll put it in the budget. Yep. We'll get it out there wherever you are. Except we can't get into Canada right now. That's pretty essential, though. Boat delivery? Yeah, that is certainly essential. Yeah. I feel like if we told the, the people at the border... Like, the Mounties. Yeah. We're trying to get one of your guys, one of our boats. Right, yeah. They eh? would just be waving us right through. Yeah, eh? Aaron Weeb needs this. Aaron oh. Weeb drives one of these. <laughs> uh, you're going to take your most famous celebrity out of the, <laughs> out of the picture? Most famous celebrity. Um, then he said he's got a serious question. If we were coming to Minnesota... Or if he were coming to Minnesota, never been before, where would we recommend they stay? You're looking for lodging and rental boats, big lakes, small lakes, all that stuff, and then uh, sites or attractions to see if you're a first-time visitor. That's a great question. So let's, like, narrow it to, like, Longville. You yeah. know, not just, like, northern Minnesota, because yeah. there's lots to, lots to see. If you were, if people were coming, well, we do this all the time. It's, like, part of the job when people call us is help them line up lodging yep. and... Uh, Things to, to do. Say things to do. You so go first. I guess my first thing I would, uh, if you're real serious about get, getting some walleyes, make your time of year. You know, do it during a good time of year. Um, which to me just avoid, avoid July, <laughs> right? Um, I would avoid that, uh, and I would really focus on your May, June, late August, September, October. Sure. Now I've had some guys from Georgia as my last trip. Uh, of the season one time, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't like how cold it was. <laughs> it was snowing and cold, but yeah. we did catch a muskie, so that was nice. But uh, it was. Shh. I got I got little Na- Natalie. Natalie's got a lot to say about this. Yeah, she's she's for sure going to be an October angler. Uh, absolutely, um, but I would I would just make sure you're coming during a pleasant time of year. Yeah, you want to come during a time where you can be successful. You want to be here um, probably when it's a little less crowded. I would say, uh, like, it depends on your group, too, you know? Like, if it's a fishing trip, come in the spring or come in the fall and either and stay on one of our bigger lakes. So yeah, stay, on, stay on Woman or Leech. So Woman Lake Lodge, obviously we feel real strongly that that's a premier destination. And, dude, the donuts? Donuts are great. I brought my dad donuts last week. He'd never had them before. Now he's been over there like five times. He's like mad at me that he that I exposed him <laughs> to the Woman Lake Lodge donuts, <laughs> or Pikedale, or Sugar Point Resort. Absolutely. And obviously, that is a little bit of bias. But if you're fishing with us, we want you close to the waters we know well. Right. Be on that east side. Yep. If it was a family trip, though, um, and and July is a great time for a family trip, and then I would say stay small. Stay on a smaller lake. Yep. Because all around experience, you know, Leech Lake is great. We love it out there, but uh, you want to take your kids tubing or something, and you get a rough draw on weather, You're done. on wind. You can have beautiful sunny days, but if you get the wrong twelve mile an hour wind for four or five days, you're not going to get out there. Right. Um, so stick to one of our smaller lakes, and there's plenty of them. Yep. Yeah. I know it's hard for folks to just commit to, or to, to think about trailering when they're staying at a lake, but you know I have said that the the real value to our our region is the region, not one lake. Right. So, uh, if you're planning a fishing trip, put that thing on the trailer every once in a while. 
Yeah. Go find a go find a you little. You know one. how much fun it is to go on an adventure, mm-hmm. especially in an area like this where you know it's not remote, but yeah. we've got some areas that are undeveloped and beautiful. Yeah. An- another thing that's maybe underappreciated about our region, and this isn't true everywhere, but our all of our accesses are relatively safe and relatively easy to get in and out of. Yep. So it's not like you're going to, like, oh, I want to go fish Little Boy, but I don't know very much about Little Boy. I hope the access can take my 2090. Well, like, almost all of our lakes, you can get big glass boats in without yeah, much of an issue. you haven't had any issues. No, not at all. And uh, then the safety thing is also true. Yeah. We li- We're in a great region here. Yep, you don't have a lot of theft or issues at accesses. I don't think about that at all. And my boat is, or my truck is at an access every day. Don't think about it. Would you say it's very accessible? <laughs> <laughs> there are tax dollars, man. Absolutely. And they're doing a pretty good job with yeah. them. Yeah, and they, our ramps are great. Although I heard the Inguidona dock was underwater. <laughs> I did hear that too. <laughs> but you're the one who told me. That one uh, must just have, that's the most f- impacted by, yeah, it fluctuates the most. Must be impacted by the, the flow of the river most yep. through Anguidona. It's just a widening of the Boy River, really. Right. It's it's almost it's the closest thing to a reservoir we have. <laughs> yeah. It is just a big long section of river. Right. Yeah. Um, places or things to do, you gotta do under normal circumstances. If you got kids, you gotta you gotta show them a turtle race. Right. Just just one turtle race, <laughs> but it is a unique pretty funny thing that we do up here and i i used to love them as a kid right well you come home with a prize you know you're it's the thrill of competition yep um i'm actually banned from the turtle races <laughs> um you know i was i was placing bets and i was cooking the races um i was juicing up my turtle shaking down five-year-olds just turning them upside down to get that give 75 my, I need, cents i need my money give me my money <laughs> Give me, give me your ice cream coupon. Yeah, where's, where's, I, where's I need your the, coupon. the free coupon? Yeah, yeah. So I'm no longer allowed to race a turtle. And uh, yeah, I was trying to sneak snapping turtles in there. <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't a good deal. Um, pretty bitter on both sides. Uh, another thing to go look at would be, uh, would be the headwaters. For sure. Uh, yep. We're, what, an hour away? Yep. Um, and it's a sight to see. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got a beautiful park. If you like to ride bikes, you know. You could take a day and ride bikes and go walk the headwaters. Yeah, and it, it uh, just to know what that river does, and you know, it, it, t- it's, it is literally a stream that flows northwest as it's at its beginnings. Right, and then northeast, I mean. And then think about where it ends up, and yeah, it's pretty impressive to think about that. The, that's all. We went down to uh, Louisiana a couple of years ago, and saw it at, at its end, and it is incredible the difference mm-hmm. it's wide it's chocolate and it's got quite a bit of power right it's uh it's something else yeah it's a lot different from up here mm-hmm. where it's narrow and pretty pretty mild and yeah meandering stream yeah it's a more of a babbling brook <laughs> <laughs> um Pretty humble beginnings. I would for sure just to do a little pitch for like the little things in Longville. Frosty's, the ice cream shop. Oh yeah, best ice cream in Minnesota. Um, I like the. Uh, we got a little food truck operation the going wood on. Pile? The wood pile. Pretty cool little place. It's awesome. That they've got a mini golf uh, place there as well. I'd hit those up. Come check out our sponsors. Yep. Stop by 
the one stop, full stringer, musky house. Yep. Go get a donut from Woman Lake Lodge. Come support the things that support us. Yeah. And we would be just super happy. I had a kid uh, earlier this year that he listened to the podcast and he was pretty obsessed with the idea of catching a muskie and also was pretty obsessed with going to the muskie house. Yeah, because it's in the name. It's in the name. So I don't know if what his expectations <laughs> were of the muskie house. You I know? can only imagine. <laughs> like you think of Bass Pro Shop. Right, right. Oh, yeah, well, it's a bass. Yeah, I want to go catch bass. Right, I go to Bass right. Pro Shop. Maybe we should get the muskie house fish tank. Yes. Just Excellent idea. Yeah. We'll and we'll just still it with creek chubs. <laughs> creek chubs and muskies. <laughs> That's, there'd be no muskies left. The creek chubs, would, they, they would band together. Uh, Bemidji's a pretty cool town. Walker's a cool town. Grand uh, Rapids, too. Yeah, Grand Rapids. It's, they're all close and yeah. really great places. Uh, Portage Brewing is in, is in uh, Walker. Pretty good beer. We were we we'd like them to we want to partner with Portage Brewing if you're listening bonded camps we want to listen or we want to partner with you, but you can uh, drink a beer and look at Leech Lake from their from their patio. It's pretty cool. Anything else you'd tell them to do? Go fishing. Yeah. Make sure you go. If you come up in the fall too, there's uh, even if you don't come up in the fall, there's tons of areas to hike. We have the North Country Trail just a few miles north of town. And that's one of the biggest trails in the country. Yep. Uh, comes right through our back door. Public land out the ears. Out the ears. Surrounded by public land. And we land. all own public land. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, that's that. We did have one more listener question. You've got to fill some time while I find it, though, Will. So the other day, I, I, tell me if you've experienced this and you've been successful. So we were on a little lake, and uh, we were fishing walleyes, and... Um, not too far from our boat, surfaced a muskie. And I've never heard of anyone catching a muskie app, like right after it porpoises. And I'm wondering if anyone's experienced uh, a successful caught porpoise muskie. Mm. That's a good question. I've never, had, I've never seen it done. I have not seen it either. I've seen them attack stuff on the surface, and then, well, I, I caught them. I've caught them that way. But not when they're just rolling their back not out when of the just water. Rolling. Yep. Uh, this question comes from Zach Peterson. Um, he's got some specific questions about chubbing, about big minnows. Um, 2.0. Yep. He's going to be in our region this Saturday, so he, he's hitting the time. Actually, the lake he's on too could be real fun for for this. But uh, how do you determine selection of minnow to use? Wondering if it's a, if we change the minnow selection based on time of day or body of water, water temperature, all that stuff. And then uh, rod selection, power, action, braid versus mono, typical leader length, what type of weight and weight depth breakdown. We've covered a lot of this, but we'll, we'll do it again. Yeah, let's do the, uh, the minnow selection thing because, uh, yeah, I think we might both have opinions on that and they might be different. Yeah. Um, if they're available, get Creek Chubbs. Um, that's, they're tried and true. They catch fish almost all the time from here on out. Um, and if there's ever a leather background, get them suckers. <laughs> they're great. They're just juicy and delicious. Um, I, I like to go with, especially on, so there's a couple of, like woman, like I wouldn't use a giant minnow. I'd use probably a four or five inch at the biggest. Um, 
but on some of these other lakes, I'm not afraid to put on like a six, seven, even eight inch creek chub. I want the biggest ones I can find. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. I know you don't like my giant minnows, but I'm all in. It's just, it depends on what you're trying to do. Catch them? Yeah. I'm just trying to catch them. Yeah. But on some of these lakes, I, I really do like a really big minnow. Um, but on woman, I would stick with probably a more moderate-sized minnow. I kind of do the same check down that you would do with, with any other little detail where, like, I'll start off with a variety. Usually have customers start off with medium to maybe a little bit on the smaller side of what I've got in the, in the box. And then, uh, or if there's somebody who has rigging experience, uh, I'll let them fish a real big one. But I think the real big ones are also more difficult to fish because they can pull so hard. Yep. They get a lot of false positives if people don't have experience doing it. So then if, if I do, you know, a couple bites might be a trend, and then I'll get folks all fishing the same size minnow. Right, try to cover all your bases. Yeah, same as you might, like, switch up your jig color or your hook color or your leader length, all those things play in. I do tend to fish creek chubs more than anything else. Um, they live the longest. Yeah, and that's, that's part of it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Is it's probably your most cost-effective if you're going to spend a buck a minnow. Yeah. The, there are, I, I think, instances where red tails are better. Like the fish want to eat a red tail more than they want to eat a creek chub, but they're somewhat l- limited. Does it happen? generally happen later in the season? I can't even... I don't even know if I can build off of that myself i just know that the fishing community up here and a lot of good anglers sometimes are very particular about having red tails not just having a uh, a big minnow yeah sean moran is all about them sean moran is like he's especially on like bemidji he's like that's the thing to have. yeah yep and then uh lots of guys will run red tails like the smaller red tails on a jig later in the season too which I don't know why you couldn't do that with a rainbow. Yeah, or a or a small creaky or like the river mix that you've got mm-hmm. going at the one stop right now. Um, yeah, and then rod. I just use my typical rigging rod. I right now I'm still sticking with my my typical weight system too, which are the rock runners. And usually I go up a size from what I would normally be running. So, so if you're running a night crawler, you'd run like a. Three-eighths is, like, the most common weight that I use for, like, typical walleye depths, 15 to 25. And then uh, if I were to run a chub in that, I would go up to a half sometimes, but not always. It depends how... So the big thing I would imagine is the wind. If it's real windy, you're going bigger. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, and I use those, the Northland Rock Runners. Uh, Holmgren was using a... Dipsy sinker, one of those ones with the twirlies on the top. Yeah, yep. yeah. And he had a uh, he had a shorter lead. He had like a three foot lead, and he was getting bit, you know, enough. I think I outfished him though. I'm not a super technical person when it comes to these this rigging. Um, I start out with an arm's length, and then after I break off and stuff, I don't tie a new leader on sure. until it gets like three foot, four foot. Right. And then I'll tie on a new leader, or if it starts to spin up. Yeah, I hope this isn't, like, not bad, but, like, ca- the Cast Lake Tournament will be an instance where I'm paying close attention to stuff like that. I agree. But if you 
if you don't really know, you know, you're just in a four-hour trip with folks, mm -hmm. uh, having a little variety is a good thing. And then I do the same thing. If it's under maybe four feet, I'll lengthen the, I'll start, start over and get it back out to five and a half, six feet. Yeah. Um, I don't, I use medium light. I don't have any medium actions that I, I think that would maybe be a good application. In deeper water, maybe? Maybe. But I do think you need a, a, a fast action, not a extra fast. I like a slower load up. Yeah. Because yep. I'm not, we're not lighting them up with a hook set. Right. You know, um, we're, we're taking it easy, more of a cranking hook set. Yeah. Uh, I know a fair amount of guys, and Holmgren is one of them, who he uses a bait caster. He uses a rod that he originally bought for pulling spinners. I think it's a medium fast action um, bait caster. For it, pulling big minnows? For pulling big minnows. And he likes it. <laughs> he said the only thing he doesn't like is uh, you don't get a drag scream out of a... <laughs> <laughs> out of a bait caster it's just a silent 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 killer yep and you you even with our crank and hook, hook set if you're using the the way you do it you end up getting a pretty good scream usually out of your drag you know <laughs> which is a pretty satisfying part of the whole experience for sure for yeah. sure so i like to use a little bit longer rod when i'm rigging i like a 7.3 um i've got two of them now 7.3 medium lights um, it seems like I hook up a lot better, even with night crawlers, I hook up a lot better because I think I'm able to load it up slower. Mm -hmm. I, I can't stress how, like, how I, how important I think loading it up slowly and consistently. Um, you're not, you're not loading it up slowly though. In you're comparison, like in, in comparison to, to a, like jig, jig a hook set. set. All right. Yep. Um, I want it. So by adding that extra five inches, I'm slowing down that cranking hook set mm -hmm. by five inches, I guess. Right. And I think that it helps my hooking percentage. If anything else, it's, it's, uh, it's in my mind and I, I'm more confident when I'm doing it. Right. I would also just to, not to do too much on this because we did a lot of it a couple episodes ago, but the cranking hook set is also a good way to take care of your bait. Like, um, and especially for expensive minnows, if you're going to guess, right, like you're going to get to the point where you think, think there's a fish there and then you're going to just swing anyway just to be sure, uh, you, a lot of times you're going to tear that minnow off or at least, like, damage it, you know, if you're, if you're going to put, like, a jigging-style hook set into it. Um, whereas if you're just cranking, crank, 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 oh, nobody's home, yep. that minnow is fine. Yep. You, didn't, you didn't do anything to it, and it's going to be good to go for a while. Right. Actually, same is true for a crawler. Not that, like, you're worried about the 10-cent crawler or whatever, but um, it's less time out of the water. You yep. don't have to rebait. You know, crank, crank, crank. Oh, nobody's home. Yep. Just check on the crawler right back down there. Whereas if you were stuck on something and you swing, you're going to tear your crawler up. And the big thing, especially if you're going to give amount of time, is you have to pick up the sinker. You have to pick it up. Yeah. And if you just, like, feel something and set the hook... All you're going to do is move the sinker, and you won't catch that fish. Yep. You have to just wind all the way through. And what I recommend is, you know, wind real quick until you get that sinker picked up, and then once you got it three-quarters away in, you can slow down your wind, and we're going to check your minnow anyway. Yeah, one last thing. <laughs> I feel like we could just do live bait rigging with Will and Dan. But <laughs> uh, when I tell people that they're just going to use the reel, and they're going to reel pretty fast, one mistake that I see folks make, and it's probably me giving unclear advice, is when you're reeling pretty fast, 
you, you don't want your rod tip Balancing. whipping. Yeah. A lot of people, because they just sort of start like shaking everything when they reel real fast. So like your rod hand should stay nice and stable while you're reeling fast. Because yep. I do think that's a good way to lose them. I'm not. It also just doesn't look good, you know. That rods flipping. Well, you got a lot more. A lot of if you have any sort of slack in that line, it'll come up over the top of that, and it'll knot you up. Right. And then you're really sol. Yeah. So keep your rod tip uh, steady and reel quickly. Good tip, Dan. And if we have you in the boat and we're doing this, there's a very big limit on what we can tell you. Right, because we don't want to harp on you. Yeah. So some of the stuff you've got to just kind of pick up on your own, and um, we'll help you when we feel like it's not harpy. Yeah. And uh, on the same, feel free to ask questions. Once you ask me a question, I'm gonna for sure give you an answer. You know, but if I feel like I've been preaching at you for 15 minutes, I don't want people to. It's also like you you still miss some, so it's not always. It's not always folks doing things wrong. You're just going to miss a certain... They get a say in the, the whole deal. The walleyes do. Yep. All right. That's it for listener questions. We better take a break, bud. This episode of Wally Talk is brought to you in part by the One Stop in Longville. As of today, the One Stop is fully stocked with jigging wraps. And they are on sale five for $30.00. And you get a free Rapala t-shirt. So if you need to stock up and you really want a Rapala t-shirt, go into the One Stop, buy some of the cheapest jigging wraps you'll ever find, and get a t-shirt. One month away, buddy. Yeah, I think we've got a shot. I think we've got a good shot. I'm sure people love to just hear us talk like that and then be like, well, we missed another one. It didn't quite come together. <laughs> yeah. Were we even doing the podcast at the time we were doing the Winnie Tournament? Good Was that question. the year before? Might have been the year before. Yeah. We, I mean, we were talking to our, our significant others and we're like, dude. It's pretty I much a done deal. Yeah. What do you want? You want a diamond? We're going to win like eight grand today. <laughs> yeah, and that never really came together. But so, it was it was a good feeling before. Like, you know, the excitement was right there. I think you got to feel that way. Yeah. You might as well. Because, um, like, honestly, this is just as enjoyable as the, like, this is part of the tournament experience, right? right? Like, you and I talking every day. Getting fired up. Yeah, it. yep. It's prob- it probably is the more enjoyable part. Because during the tournament, you're, like, pretty stressed out. You know, there's a lot to do. Yep. Um, and you know what's the, one of the biggest things to worry about that nobody ever talks about? Taking care of minnows. Yeah. That is a chore. Yep. It, just because it matters so much. It matters a lot. Yeah. And you know what will happen is it will be a jig rat bite, and we won't use but six minnows. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Something like that. But... Um, we got to prepare for it because, you know what, we're going to, we want to be serious about winning. Right. So, like, we're a month out, and all, I'd say right now we're in the, like, the purely hypothetical scheming stage. Yep, planning. And, yep, and nothing current, because I think I've made this mistake in the past. It, it's possible that you could go up there right now and find something that would still be there Hold in a month. True. Maybe. But... You, I think you can also get yourself headed down the wrong path doing that. 
Yep. Whereas you go find something good right now, and like, like if you went you up there, right, set in your mind. Yep. And it would be hard, especially if you did stick a couple big ones. You know, like it'd be really hard to let go of that spot. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's hard for me to do even year to year. Like I have a spot uh, that that had me and Lee in fifth place, and it's so hard not to just hope that they're there doing right. the same thing again. Yep. And that that is probably a a fool's errand to follow those things. So um, right now we're just sort of scheming about ideas, things we might be doing, yep. areas we want to look. Yep. And then... Uh, and see if they hold fish. Yep. And then thinking a little bit about ha- making sure we have the right equipment to, to do what we need to do, depending right. on where the fish are. And that this one is a bit, a bit unique because we're... It's often that you're dealing with some pretty deep water. Um, Almost exclusively. Yeah. I mean, I think Mark and I's pattern was about the shallowest pattern that the group of us had. Right. And we were in 22, 25 feet. Sure. Which for me, that's pretty, that's relatively deep. Right. But I know a lot of, like Matt, our deepest fish was shallower than his shallowest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you're, you know, you might be looking at doing some rod shopping. I, I think we're both set for what we're going to be doing, but that could be, you could be adding to to your arsenal that way. And then some terminal tackle stuff, making sure you have like the right type of terminal tackle for for maybe a presentation that you don't do but once a year. Right. Um, we were talking about that, like we might have to like shop outside of Longville to get a few things, yeah, which for, is unusual. For a very specific... Yeah. Once again, this is pure, purely hypothetical. Yeah. We don't know if it's going to, but... It's nice you, to have it in the back of your mind, like this is an option. Yeah, and for sure, it, and to, to pilot it, even even if you're piloting it with minimal success before the, the time being, it's nice to know, get the ins and outs of what it's going to be like to run, uh, you know, if you're going to try to run a three-way rig or a bottom bouncer in 35 feet of water. How to make that successful? I don't do that. I have I don't do that very often. So I'd like to do it before it like matters a whole bunch. Right. Even if it just leads to me catching a couple dinks or something. Yeah, but at least you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I've been we had a conversation a few days ago, um, about what we want to do with our. So like for me, I'm we're gonna take your boat. Mm-hmm. So for me, I need to prepare what kind of rods I'm going to put in your boat. Right. Because I don't want to overload it, but I want to have enough stuff where if we're ready, we're ready. You have know, you when seen I, my boat, man? I can put 100 fishing rods in there. That yeah. means you can have 50. <laughs> but it's your boat. Yeah. I don't want to overtake your boat and then turn into my boat. And that's not okay. I did that to George's boat, and I don't think he appreciated it. Mm. <laughs> um, but so, like, for me, when we were talking, I'm, I'm going to bring... Three, potentially three rigging rods. And the idea behind it is I'm going to have a, you know, like one set up for a net crawler, which means just a smaller hook, like a number four hook. I want to have one for a smaller minnow, like a number two hook. And then I want to have one for a great freaking big minnow, which means a finesse wide gap number one or, or one odd, depending on how big a creek chuck you can find. <laughs> um, so th- that way I don't have to, I can just wind in, take my bait off, Get a get the right rod rigged up, boom! Now we're in the water. Mm-hmm. Minimal time. If I break off my leader or something, and there's fish under us right now, instead of taking the time to tie a new leader up, yeah, 
I'm already kind of halfway there with a different presentation um, to, to go ahead and fish that, that school of fish. Yeah. I think that's important, one, for efficiency's sake, you know, to, like, be, to get back in the water, but two, just to, like, to feel squared away, right? You know, like you're, you're ready for game day. Right. To have everything ready to go. That, that uh, sort of clears up some of your mental space to deal with the other stuff. That and some of involved. us don't have a ton of it. <laughs> so it's important. Hard drive is almost full. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's not like you're not going to retie the rod, but you'll retie it on a boat right to the next spot. Right, or, or if, it's, if there's no fish underneath us. or Yeah. There's time and a place. Right. So that's where we're at with the Cast Lake Tournament. We'll probably talk about it every episode. Maybe we'll skip one, but I'm going to try to get up there in maybe two weeks and drive around Drive around a little bit. Uh, it's nice to have Matt involved in the, because he was up there. You know, he had, he's on a few fish up there already, which is nice to know. Yeah. Spots are checked real quick and see if they're hanging out. Um, sounds fun, though, man. I just want to get back fun. to competition. Yeah. I hope we do a it's, bonanza. It's not a great way because it's fairly fluke. It's like the playoffs, right? The best team doesn't always win. But it's a really good way to gauge your success rate. You know? Sure. Like your badassness. Right. And I want to be up there. <laughs> You're doing better than I am in that, that camp right now. That's because I'm much, much, much luckier than you. <sighs> Yeah, you said that once to me, and I think you didn't mean it as a shot, but you thought I wasn't that lucky. You aren't lucky at all. I think my luck runs hot and cold. You know what, Dan? I'll be real honest. This is how lucky you are. You could, you could, fall, you could walk into a room full of tits and come out sucking your thumb. <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> uh, I think I have to edit that out. Why? Because I think about, like, Susie Richardson. Okay, the school, the quick. school nurse from Iowa. Okay, just pause it. Real she quick. would laugh at it, but all right, just hit pause. Real Maybe quick. I'll keep it. You, you're, you could walk into a room full of boobs and come out sucking your thumb. <laughs> all right, <laughs> just cleaned it up a little bit. That'll work. <laughs> this is a fishing podcast. Thankfully, my wife doesn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would take some luck, but. Michael Jordan didn't rely on luck. I don't think he was a real lucky guy. I think he was just really good. Yeah, I don't think either of us have, like... What? You don't think I'm the Michael Jordan of of walleye fishing? No. Dang it. No. I gotta take these sneakers off, then. <laughs> well, hey, I didn't say you were not gonna be fast in those new shoes, though. The wet Ryans aren't, uh... They're not good. <laughs> Get it? Instead of Air Jordan, wet Ryan? Because the fish Cause are in, in the, the water. water. And then... That's your name is Dan Ryan. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll edit that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else that we're kind of preparing for? I guess we've already kind of got minnows halfway squared away. Yeah. Maybe just like checking in with our, our, the different people we get minnows from to see what kind of predict where, where it's going to be. Right. If we need to start kind of trying to get them now or. Yep. Um, no, I think we're good. It's nice running a new boat where, you know, things are all working well and you get places faster. And I like the faster part. Yeah. I've, I have been, except for the, the MWC last year where I fished out of George boat, 
I've been in like the smallest boat in the fleet every time. Uh, it was really nice to run a boat that went 45 miles an hour right. instead of 28. Yeah. And then to go through that big stuff. I mean, having big water is a great equalizer, but you still get there quite a bit faster in a, yeah. in a brand new 2090. For sure. That's like what they got, man. Not to, oh, we'll do it for sure. This is a great opportunity. Those Skeeters, they might, like, Carl's boat could blow me out of the water when it's dead calm. Oh, for sure it would. But when she's ripping, like... Although we, Carl, Carl's a terrible example, because he's going to have it pinned... Full bunny the whole time. Regardless. Yeah, and break stuff. Yeah, right. Whereas, if it's ripping, we're going to go 40 miles an hour, and it's just going to go... It is right so through. cool how that goes through, how it is... That, that's exactly how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're like bouncing extremely hard. You're just going tum, 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 mm-hmm. tum. It's, it's cool, man. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, weekend preview. Uh, I'm on Woman one day. And then I'm on another lake. I'm on a lake to be determined early next week. But it's going to be, I, I think I'm going to try, especially that one early next week, I'm going to do a walleye or die trip. Um, and I don't know where I'm going to go yet, but it's going to be glorious. <laughs> We're going to be pulling all of the creek chubs. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Hopefully the weather stacks up where they'll be cooperative. Um, but pretty excited about it. Yeah. Still, How about you, Dan? It's still looking pretty summerish in the forecast. Um, I'm getting, yeah, i got three in a row that are walleye trips. And might do some crankbaiting. We'll see. Haven't decided on that. Tonight is probably the night to do it if they're, if I'm going to do it. Um, and then I just more of the same, I think. I might pull some spinners. I haven't done that in a little while, and I do feel like I was on a school a couple days ago that I should have been doing that. But I think uh, ready to see a, a gradual improvement in, in our walleye fishing yeah. on, on, like, more of our lakes. So one thing we didn't really maybe mention is that we have like a lake or two that's been real kind to us, and I'm looking forward to not fishing those as much and absolutely getting on some new stuff and getting up north on the big one. East side uh, could could happen any day. It could pop any time. We had water temps as low as seventy yesterday. Yeah. Did you think about how we should have been walleye fishing yes. yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was just pulling crawlers, but I, they've got to be starting to show up. There's got to be, they've got to be close to thinking about, okay, I'm going to slide up today. To the rocks. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get out of this stupid mud. All right. I wonder if like warm water is like a spa for them. Like they're just in a mud bath right now. <laughs> you know, like, a, you know, they, the mud mask. Mm-hmm. Water's warm. I'm just relaxing. You know, there's nothing. They're taking there's, a summer break. There's like so many perch down there that they don't even really have to swim very far. No, they're just like. Uh, it's like when you're on the massage table and you just like reach over and grab a grape. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's got to be how it is. But they, I mean, what was it last year, September sixth, Georgia and I had a pretty. It was a. It turned. It was a mediocre day, but it was the best mediocre day we've had. <laughs> it was awesome. Didn't you like my text message the other the other morning where I yes. woke up and like. My spidey sense was telling me there was a walleye on a particular spot eating eating a minnow right now. Yes. I think I was right that particular day, too. Not today, but that part. Maybe today. Wind's blowing. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else you got to add? If you're interested in a shirt, 
just reach out. Yep. We've got a good selection. We don't have anything bigger than a 2X. Um, we have some youth yep. youth sizes still. Um, and then they've got them at, the, at Woman Lake Lodge. Otherwise, if you're around Longville, you can hit up me or Will, and we'll coordinate to get you a shirt. Yep. Otherwise, I'll ship them. Got lots of boxes Excellent. ready to go. Excellent. Um, More yeah. listener questions. Yeah, we, we love them. Yeah. That was the bulk of our episode. You had today. one, like, specifically you'd like to hear from anybody who's caught a muskie after they've porpoised. That would be curious if uh, anybody out there is. As, uh, otherwise, if you don't get, get to us, I'm just going to assume it's never happened. <laughs> it's never happened. So, anyway, get up here, get, get some fishing done. Yep. We'll see you next week. Thank you.